everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a really important broadcast here. We've asked our federal law enforcement agency insider to come on and talk about what he knows. Now, realize we are recording this Sunday evening uh, to air on Monday. And so there could be events that transpire uh, outside this time frame here, but there has been a major development as of Sunday evening in America, and it has to do with what's going on in Afghanistan, which is a colossal failure of leadership. I even call it treason on the part of Sippy Cup Joe Biden. Um, Wrecker is joining us, and a lot of you on the TV side are familiar with him. But I asked him to come on here because we have really wide distribution on Red State Talk Radio, Global Star Radio Network, uh, on and on it goes. Uh, KYH, all our affiliates, our podcast services are all tied into here, and our TV show is growing like crazy. But we wanted to get this out to a maximum number of people. Uh, Wrecker, welcome to the show. Man, these are bad, bad times for America. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Uh, today is one of those few days where I find the need to open up a cold one and just sit back and shake my head. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I, 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 well, as as we speak, uh, Kabul is completely under attack, and we just lost the Kabul airport. So to all you Afghan veterans, I was in an Afghan. I, I did my three pumps in Iraq uh, back when times were still fun. And to be speaking to a lot of my brethren who have been there, done that, it's very infuriating uh, to see what's happening. You know, I'm not shocked that the Taliban is crawfishing us and going backwards on deals and attacking everything and everywhere that we're not anymore. I'm not surprised about that at all. It's the Taliban, for God's sakes. But the fact is that this happened under Biden. The way it was done was very wrong. Uh, you know, Trump was trying to pull us out, and if we had completely pulled out, the same thing would have happened under Trump. However, they wouldn't have been as brazen to do it. Now, there are some there are some mediocre reports out there, and based off of my own personal knowledge, I, I'm giving a 50-50% that the Chinese are helping out with this. Uh, it was last year when it was reported that there was actually a Chinese terrorist cell that was in Talib that was in Taliban country uh, within the the area of Kabul, and I'm willing to bet that a lot of things that we're seeing right now has to do with the Chinese helping out the Taliban to undo whatever it is that America's done, and it once again it's infuriating to watch this, but. This is a land that no one has been able to conquer, let alone keep under occupation for very long. I mean, the Macedonians, the the Romans, uh, the who is it? The Persians, and you have the Russians and the British and us and so on and so forth. No one can handle this place, and I guess maybe the Chinese will try their crack at it now. But don't forget, they're there for the dope. They're there for the mineral resources and the Taliban is more than gracious to give it to you if you give them money. But how long can they keep the Taliban under control? How long is it until we have American boots back on uh, Afghanistan soil? 
right now we don't really know, but if we're still trying to get VIPs out of that nation, then you better bet that America still has fast wing that, and probably rotary, uh, still in the air somewhere that's evacuating people from, you know, CIA, DEA agents to contractors to other known affiliates or, you know, people that we have on HET teams that are uh, feeding us intel. So there's still a lot of moving parts that has to be completely ripped out of Afghanistan. But we left a lot. I mean, we left tanks. We left a lot of ammunition. We left a lot of guns. I mean, we left bases there. So we gave the Taliban the ability to entrench themselves even more into Afghanistan. And how much longer until we see another 9-11 style attack? Well, we've given them capabilities just like we gave ISIS, thanks to John McCain and Hillary Clinton, when we left equipment behind in Iraq. Um, same deal. Uh, I will tell you what I told uh, tell the audience what I said in the pre-air discussion, and I've written about it on the Common Sense Show TV. I was contacted by someone originally who had a brother that was involved in the closure of the base, destruction of key equipment. They came under severe fire with helicopter support for the uh, Taliban. And so they had to call in massive airstrikes. Uh, the battle was quite lengthy from what I understand. Uh, I wasn't given any operational details except one. When the battle was concluded, they went out into the field to examine the Taliban. They weren't interested in their equipment, what they had, and they found, not surprisingly, American and Chinese weapons. But they also found Chinese nationals in Taliban garb. Unquestionably true. Now, we can interpret this one of two ways, and I'm going to ask you what you think. We can interpret this, these are combat advisors like we had in Vietnam prior to our official involvement, or or the Chinese already moving in militarily. What do you think? Oh, I would say it'd be both. I would say it'd be both. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that we do with our special operations guys is we embed them into small communities and uh, they work with, you know, small guerrilla type uh, forces and to help support against, you know, the Taliban or against whatever governments. And the Chinese know that and they're doing the same thing because it's effective and it works. You know, there's a, there's a conversation to be had about the transaction of relationships when it comes to operating in another country you have to be able to bend a little bit in order to get what you want so the chinese they're, they're going to bend as much as possible uh to get whatever they need and you know as long as the taliban feels like they can use china for whatever they need they'll they'll help them with whatever and you know, it, this is one of those things where it's hard to sit here and put your finger on what's going to happen next. Because as you watch, uh, I wouldn't even call it a nation state, but as you would watch a nation completely implode from within, you knew it was going to happen anyways. They have no economy. Uh, their only real commerce is heroin. And so, you know, it, it's, it's now going to be how many different people are going in there to gain as much of the opium uh, traffic lanes as possible so I mean that's that's what we're watching right now how much backlash are we going to see in America as re, you know in reference to maybe like some sort of Islamic extremist attack 
uh, there's there's a good possibility of that happening as well. These things always follow one another. So this is just one of those things where you know you can get on the Facebook Live or YouTube or whatever is playing it, and uh, you can watch it as it's happening. You know, Kabul, uh, you know, the capital it was completely ransacked. It's completely taken over. There's so many people in the streets that you can't even see the concrete on the ground. So you know this is uh, this is one of those lose lose situations where not only is it embarrassing. Uh, as a veteran to watch this happen but it's very reminiscent of Vietnam 70s and 80s it's very reminiscent of what happened in Iraq and what happened in Syria and we don't have a good track record when we pull out of a country uh, recently that we stay out so I'm willing to bet that we'll probably end up having to send troops back in uh, because the Afghan uh, government will request it. And, I mean, the Afghanistan president—I I don't Can know which one it is now—he uh, was air he was airlifted out, so you know he had to evacuate his own country. So I don't know where they sent him, but I'm sure it's some sort of a safe location. But you know, everything is coming undone now, and when that leadership leaves, the military over there is very much reminiscent to the cartel in Mexico. Some are on your side. The vast majority are on the take. So yeah, well, just like the warlord concept. You know, it's interesting that uh, you mentioned two triggers for me there. One, you said the word cartel. The DEA got a memo today, and uh, I, I have two DEA guys I talk to fairly regularly. You heard from one of them, and the memo basically said you may not refer to what you're fighting against as the Mexican drug cartel. And they weren't sure if the keyword was Mexican or drugs or cartel or the whole thing sprung together. That's one thing. And you just said the cartel that made me think of that. That tells you where the Biden administration's going and what they're promoting with an open border. But the other thing that I came across, and I wanted to see if you knew about this, that if you are not essential government personnel, you have to take out a loan from the government to buy transportation out of Afghanistan. Were you aware of that? No, I'm not too aware of that. I've been in those situations as a contractor before, and typically your plane flight or whatever it is you have is already sealed in with the contract with DOD or Department of State, depending on which contract you're on. So I personally never had to deal with that. Uh, I know whatever assets we have on the ground aren't having to worry about that. And whoever was unfortunate, unfortunate enough to be stuck there uh, good luck. I mean, that's that is the devil's playground out there. So, I would be surprised if this administration made you do that. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. But the other thing I was told too by a source I talked to uh, in the morning hours of, on Sunday was that he understood from his buddies that were involved in embassy extraction. They they said they needed three days to get all essential personnel out. Three days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and that's with an open airport. also talked to uh, a person who we both know well. I don't have his permission to use his name on this, and I wasn't, I didn't think to ask him as he called me to cancel an interview that he was very ill on, and um, so I didn't keep him, but he said he talked to a contractor friend of his, and he said that as he was leaving in Chinook, 
they partially got damaged by mortar rounds. They, in other words, mortar rounds and small arms fire are being used against planes that were leaving the airport. And uh, there is no safe passage. And, and this is where I'm leading to my question. The images of 1975 in Saigon and the embassy and the helicopters landing on the roof and extracting personnel in emergency military situation come to mind. What also I'm reminiscent of are the people, the, the citizens that knew they'd be murdered if they were left behind and they weren't given passage and they tried to hang on to the helicopter um, blades as, as long as they possibly could or the tracking landing devices, whatever you call those. And then they fell off to their death. Do you, do you recall those images? Do you remember seeing those on the newsreels or history films? Oh, yeah. Are we yeah, going to see this? Are we going to see this um, um, soon? Is this going to look like Saigon Part 2? Uh, I think whatever embedded journalists are there are probably going to be pushing out uh, images and videos of probably similar situations. Uh, but you know, you and I both already know that most of that is going to be canvassed by mainstream media, and then it's going to be covered up to the best of their ability. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, I've had a similar experience to that in Haiti. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I mean, what turbulent times we're living in. I mean, honestly, turbulent times. I just I shake my I shake my head and I look at it because you know our enemies are watching us be as weak as as could be in the main theaters of war and they're going to take advantage of it they're going to take advantage of us they're going to take advantage of all these situations to include our our absolutely lame duck president and we don't have an answer for it except to send men and women back into the meat grinder that's really the only answer and for me, you know, 15 years later, uh, as a parent now and, you know, looking at these things through a, a different different set of eyes, I would be appalled if my government sent my son or daughter out of Afghanistan only to send them back in weeks later or months later to start securing airfields or compounds uh, you know, just to just to try and fight this. I don't think you got to worry again. about it. I'll tell you why. The Hodges hypothesis, and I ran this by an Arsoff source, and he thinks it's entirely likely. What's next door to Afghanistan? Iran. They were connected through the BRICS agreement of selling oil for gold and bypassing the uh, traditional uh, petrodollar agreement. And so I could see Chinese troops moving with permission through Iran, threatening Middle Eastern oil supplies. And let's not forget... Joe Biden is the one who took us from oil independence to oil dependence, and therefore we need to keep those oil fields open, and the Chinese could immediately threaten them. Well, you also have Russia as a main player for that as well. And, you know, there are still Russian compounds, assets that are in uh, Afghanistan. They did not leave, even if the Americans did. So we know that our good friend Putin and Jinping have assets there, uh, and they'll be used to their discretion for whatever is needed. And, you know, leading small unit attacks against pipelines or against oil fields or any type of uh, assassination missions or 
you know, whatever it is that the, the newest, latest detail will be, uh, I can go ahead and just tell you that it's probably going to happen. It's more than likely going to happen. Uh, Afghanistan is strange enough. Afghanistan is one of those places where they don't like very many people, not very many people like them, except for the most extreme of extreme. Uh, but you also have ISIS uh, that is somewhat combating it. The Taliban, or the Taliban is combining ISIS in Afghanistan, so that's a that's a weird little scenario as well. And those two forces could very well combine, and uh, you know have a shift in leadership. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened either. That's I, mean, I hate to say it like this, but it's been a very long time since we've had a Islamic attack against a Western state. It's been a long time. So I guess now is the time to start looking out for that. You know, um, let's step aside for our first break here. We went over a little bit, but important. But we come back. I want to talk to you about what I learned about the uh, burgeoning FEMA camps, so-called FEMA camps under CDC control. And I've done some research, and Celeste has done some research, and I want to share with you a couple things when we come back that uh, we, we didn't opening segment uh, for tomorrow's show with the satellite phone and I have to tell you they did a grid down drill uh, with regard to communications on Tuesday and we don't have a lot of details but if the government is taking this stuff seriously shouldn't you so I'm gonna tell you right now if you have a cell phone and there's an emergency you can't count on that sat phones are they hundred percent nothing is a hundred percent but a hell of a lot more reliable than a cell phone and my greatest fear is them going into the city, being separated. We can't reunify. We can't rally to a central point. And we won't know what's going on. And uh, the, the features on this phone are absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to go into detail. You can simply call 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. We also have an ad that you can click at the top of the website of the common sense show.com and it gets you right into some information but there are no pressure uh, but they will answer all your questions and I'll tell you I've got mine and it's a quarter of the cost of what I pay for my monthly cell bill also ladies and gentlemen uh, there's more and more bad news Port of Los Angeles is uh, basically saying we're in trouble we're in trouble China's locked down there are going to be huge shortages and other ports are quietly saying the same thing so we're going to have a food supply chain problem, among other supplies too, including medicines. Since China supplies 97% of our antibiotics, that's going to be problematic in the days and weeks ahead. So don't you think it's wise now that you begin to really start to prep in earnest? Start with your food. Preparewithdave.com, 25% discount. You'll see the discount and how it's applied at the site. And you get restaurant quality food. You get 2,000 calories per day, as well as, like I said, 25-year shelf life. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And one more thing. If you have assets to protect, because with the, the crash that's coming, the, the dollar can't take all the debt that's coming its way, world events will also crush the market, which will affect the cash supply and the value of it. So when it does crash, are you going to be ready? Well, if you've got most of your assets in the bank in cash, you're going to take a bath, just like my mom's side of the family did during the Depression. So what you need to do is realize that cash is trash. It's going to crash. And you need to call Noble Gold for a no-obligation interview. Low pressure. 
I went from advertiser to customer. How do you get a hold of them? 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. And you notice the advertising we picked for the Common Sense Show fits what I believe are the anticipated needs of our audience. We turn down 90% of all advertising. We sell out of our advertising every single month. But we do not take on the fun and frivolous very often. Uh, we're speaking with Wrecker, and uh, Wrecker, I just kind of want to go into a related topic here, and it's the story of FEMA and CDC camps. But I want to start with a different track, and I'll bring in what Celeste told me and what I found. But first, I want to go to something that uh, is out there, and uh, hold on here. Um, here we go. Here we go. Um, and I got your communication privately here. So, Wrecker, here we go. Uh, potential terror threats. This is an NBC screenshot. Opposition to COVID measures. Claims of election fraud. Belief that Trump can be reinstated. 9-11 anniversary. And I'm assuming if you raise questions about why they're sequestering the evidence, um, no one can analyze it and make other judgments. That's also fitting into this. And something about religious holidays, but it's nonspecific. And the label is Breaking News, National Terrorism Alert, ahead of 9-11, 20th anniversary. You want to just take those wherever you will? Well, leave it up to this administration to worry more about people's opinions than actual terror. You know, if you have an opposition to COVID lockdown measures, or the vaccine, or, you know, the misinformation given by the government and governments and CDC and WHO, you're considered to be a hostile entity to this government, which is absolutely insane because then Biden and Kamala Harris were last year. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things where it's kind of like bullying from the government, but it's going to be on a completely different level because I think they're going to use Facebook and Twitter and they're going to start going after people online who are saying these things. And that's very much like what Germany did and Australia and China and, you know, go on and go on about all the other countries that have done it as well. And, you know, if you claimed of election fraud happened, well, for one thing, you were accurate. Uh, we have multiple states that have tens of thousands of, you know, inaccurate ballots that were casted. So why the need for that? The need for that is to try and get ahead of the 2020 or 2022 elections to go ahead and build straw men so that they can go ahead and start prosecuting people or intimidating them through the FBI and through, you know, other agencies of the government. And it's all just to shut people up. It's also a unique way to stir the pot a little bit. We all know how much the left loves to stir the pot and loves to make us turn on our neighbor. And, I mean, you're on a fence right now, right? You're either pro-COVID vaccine or not pro-COVID vaccine. So if you're on the fence in between any of that, the left is going to come after you. And the people on the right are going to say, I need more evidence. If this is such a big deal, then why am I being threatened, basically, with my job if I don't take a vaccine? Or if there was any legitimacy 
to this vaccine, why am I having these accusations being said about me for not wanting to take it? There's, there's no real wiggle room with this administration when it comes to religious t- uh, exemption, when it comes to medical exemption. Whenever <clears throat> the vaccine first came out, they were saying pregnant women and children should not be taking this vaccine. Now they're urging for you to take the vaccine. So what changed? No research has come out that said that it's good for you or it's, you know, it's obviously bad for you in many cases, but no research has came out and said that it's, it's good and it's a positive thing for a pregnant woman to have this vaccine. So why are they coming out and saying that pregnant women should have this vaccine or younger children should have this vaccine? And everything is turning into COVID again. There's a, uh, a lady that I know. <laughs> Her coworker got into a motorcycle accident last week, and he died. The hospital said that it was from COVID-19. He was in a motorcycle driving down the highway and was struck by another vehicle. Death certificate says COVID-19 killed him. So right now the family is in a lawsuit with that. So this, this shenanigans is still happening. It's still going on. It's still pissing people off. It's, it's going to continue to piss people off because we all understand that there's an agenda being pushed to get the shot. There's an agenda to also demonize your neighbor or your fellow brother, sister, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, if they don't want to get the shot. It's, it's the strangest thing. I've never seen it in America where we are literally – ready to kill each other if you are vaccinated or not vaccinated. You even have Jennifer Aniston, uh, some who cares loser actor, I mean actress, who said that she completely cut off almost all of her friends out of her life if they didn't disclose to her that they got the vaccine or not. Did you care 10 years ago, Jennifer, if someone got the flu vaccine? No, you didn't care. Did you care two years ago? No, no, you didn't care. There's a reason there's an agenda. Now, the other thing, 9-11. 9-11 is always a sore spot in American history, and it should continue to be a sore spot in American history, not just because we had 3,000 people die, but because our government took full advantage of a state and time when our country was uh, weeping it was hurting for the morn and mourning for the loss of 3,000 plus people, and then we went into a 20-year war with multiple countries, and they still can't really tell us why. Now, I was a part of that. Many of you who are listening were a part of that. And why is the 9/11 anniversary going to be such a big deal? It really wasn't for the last God 10 years. For the last 10 years, our operations internally within the United States haven't really been very ramped up because of 9-11 because not many things have happened. So to me, if they're already coming out and saying that 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays are going to be something to watch for potential terror threats, I think it's because they're already cooking the books on that. They're already planning for something to happen. Every time they tell us to look out for this, they already it seems like they already have something in plan for that to happen. Now, I know January 6th was one of those things where the FBI had their hand in the cookie jar a little too long. And there's a lot of discrepancies about what happened on January 6th. It pissed a lot of people off, pissed me off for a long time. And 
they're looking for something else like that. They're already saying January 6th was equivalent to 9-11, which is such absolute absurdity. It's, it is demonstrably insane to even compare those two. So they're looking for something else for 9-11. Could it be the week of, the week before, the week after? Who knows? But I would say keep your eyes peeled for 9-11 if you live in a big city. I really think that this is going to go uh, like you're saying, but I, I'm going to throw one more thing in here. When Celeste and I were talking about the CDC regulations that are now obviously obtainable and in print, and the average person can read them, they talk about different kinds of camps. And one of the camps, very early on, they talk about reunification efforts, and it's all based on a nuclear strike. That's what got my attention from what you just said. So I, I do believe the evidence is supporting the fact that we're going to see a nuclear strike on our soil. Did I lose you? Hello? Okay, I'm talking to empty air, aren't I? Hello? Yeah. yeah okay, there you, you are. I answered your question. <laughs> I don't think you heard me because you didn't respond twice to my question. We had, you know, <laughs> I, I did um, a, a mini interview pre-recorded. It's coming out 10 minutes tomorrow. And uh, uh, the same thing happened. I guess they don't like what I'm saying. Let me repeat it again. Hopefully I won't have a blackout here. Um, when you said uh, that they're planning for some major event, uh, Celeste and I think it's... Um, based on what we see in the literature on FEMA and CDC camps, we think the reunification, they talk about reunification with children after a nuclear event. And that's the only kind of disaster they mention in these FEMA camp documents. And I'm like, wow, I think they're telling us what's coming. Well, in September, we know that the possibility of a new strain of COVID called the Epsilon strain may be coming out and that the government's going to be having new policies, uh, even potential laws, uh, reverting to this new uh, COVID-19 spread. So, you know, I'm, I'm willing to put some money that something in September will have to do with COVID uh, or the FDA coming out about the vaccines and them trying to mandate it. So we'll, we'll see, but when it comes to the whole FEMA camp thing, I mean, that's, it's real. I don't know what else to tell you. It, it, it is a real thing. I have some knowledge on that that I'm not going to go into, and it is disturbing. And, you know, this is one of those things where you have people that are coming out on social media. These people are very, very brave. And, you know, they're all for losing as much of the population that voted for Donald Trump and are also against the COVID requirements, they're all for putting those people, which includes me, uh, into some type of internment camp. And we know that the CDC also has mentioned things like this. We know that France is, is continuously talking about doing something like this, and so are other European states, uh, to include Australia, and we know China has done it. So, you know, this thought of having some sort of a medical internment camp for COVID, it shouldn't be one of those things that people say, ah, it'll never happen. I mean, it's 
with this administration, man, don't shake your head on that because it, it can very well happen. And they will use the full weight of law. They'll use every legal means of the government possible to completely devalue your rights and to strip you of your rights if they deem you to be a threat to society. And, hey, it, it could go something as simple as this. Your county has a high spike of COVID-19 uh, virulent strains, and it's mandatory by county based off CDC requirements and, and suggestions or recommendations that these counties all opt into the mandatory uh, vaccine. You know, there's also been talks of even having a, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do this, but making it to where if you took the vaccine, you will have the ability to spend your money and the people who didn't take the vaccine won't be able to have the ability to spend their money. I don't know how they even plan on doing that. Uh, I wouldn't put it past them to try something like that, but these are these are real things that we're talking about that really potentially could happen within the next five to six months. How much awareness is there of these possibilities among people you work with? Uh, for those of us involved enough to care and and understand and read between the gray lines, uh, there's a lot of us that see this coming. There's a lot of us that are planning on retiring. There's a lot of us that are planning on leaving. Uh, you know, you already have hospital staff saying that they can't fund these COVID measures. You already have law enforcement from local law enforcement and state law enforcement to potentially federal law enforcement saying they can't, you know, force mandate all these vaccines on people. So when they start making a requirement, you know, they already plan on losing quite a bit. So there'll be no backfill for any of these jobs, not for a while anyways. So, Interesting I mean, you'd say this. Uh, when Celeste and I were digressing through documents on Friday, last Friday, um, she's, we, we, we found where they talked about palliative care. When resources uh, or demand outstrips resources' ability to fund uh, the treatment of chronic conditions of elderly, whatever outbreak of whatever there is, palliative care will be given and basically extermination is going to happen. It's right in line with what you just said. They don't have the resources to treat COVID, you know, in terms of vaccinating everybody. And we are seeing evidence of what they plan to do to people when they run out of resources. And let me share with you um, something that happened in Mojave County. Uh, Northern County in Arizona, they had an emergency press briefing. And they started off with the fear, the fear, the fear. Oh, COVID this, COVID that, an emergency room this. And here's the one thing they never told you. They never told you what the death rate was. They never told you what their hospitalization percentage in ICU was. They just were selling fear for 10 minutes. But then quickly they shifted to this, and this goes right in line with what I'm saying. What they said, Wrecker, was stunning. For 30 of the 40 minutes of this conference, they said, oh, our people are burned out. We can't maintain the level of care. They're so stressed because they're worried about going home and spreading COVID to their families and all and on and on and on. 
about the personnel, the personnel, the personnel. They can't maintain the pace. They're setting the stage for resource shortage in the medical field. And I'm going to give you another one, two other ones here real quickly, very quick. In Yavapai County, America's most conservative county, the uh, obviously the county board of supervisors is compromised like they are in Mar Maricopa County because in this conservative county, they wouldn't even look at uh, election audit, which is shocking if you know the county. But more importantly, they have shut their county offices down as if we're in the middle of a pandemic, and we're not. We're not in a pandemic here. We're a fully open state, but it gets worse. They are now are firing the uh, uh, all the employees as of November 1st that are medically related in Yavapai County, county of two, a quarter of a million people, if they don't have their vaccine. And uh, I talked to someone connected with the hospital, the main hospital, the Yavapai Regional Medical Center, and I asked him, I said, are you ready for this? He goes, no. He said, Dave, they're not going to get 40% of the people taking this vaccine. If they get 50, it's a major victory. And I said, well, what about bringing in headhunters to hire foreign assets to come in and fill the gap in doctors and nurses? And he said, they can't fill 5% of our needs, according to what we're told. Now, I asked the same question at Banner Health in Maricopa County, where I get treated, and Banner Health is the largest employer in the state, and they've mandated the same date for the same requirement with vaccines. And I've been told by many on the staff there that I encounter that they're not going to get 50% compliance. Right now they're below 40, and they have the same November 1st deadline. Here's where I'm leading to with all this. They are creating the psychology and the physical reality of you not being able to get medical care and therefore, if you're elderly, got a chronic condition, they're going to exterminate you with palliative care. That's in that's in these documents. Did you yeah, know that, good, Rekha, a, Did you know this? Yeah, yeah, it's a great way to scare the hell out of people. And once again, it's it's scaring people into submission. Yeah. You know, they 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 threaten you with your job. They threaten you with your welfare. They threaten you with your medical needs and then they threaten you with the ability to take your kids to school or for you to get your own education it's not so much the government leading this cause as it is local government state governments and private organizations private entities that are leading the way in this I so agree. Biden, I agree. Biden really can wipe his hands and say I didn't do any of this you know it was all done by all these people and this is obviously something that's being, you know, talked about within, I would guess, the White House. But you, know, you also see the teachers' unions coming out and talking about how they need to vaccinate every single teacher and every single student. You know, uh, Dallas County, uh, the judge just came out and said Greg Abbott can go screw himself. Everyone's going to wear a mask. Every kid in every school is going to have a mask. So when you even have out-of-control judges, uh, who won't even listen to the mandates of the governor, what do you do? You know, so this, this eventually becomes a how much can you as a private citizen protest against this? Because they're, just remember this. They threatened us with, last year they threatened us with uh, Trump causing a civil war. 
They threatened us with riots on the streets every day for almost an entire year. They threatened us with losing food. They threatened us with the, with gas and oil. They threatened us with water. They threatened us with toilet paper. They threatened us with, uh, you know, having any type of, uh, you know, normal night out as an American citizen. And we kind of thought we, we got out of all that, and here we are going right back into it. So my question I would pose to you is how much longer can the American people sit back, have their rights eroded away by this government and by private organizations? How much longer does the American patriot sit back and say, I can't take any of this anymore. It's time to do something. Now, remember, I am not for overthrowing the government. I am not for taking your guns and protesting at the Capitol. I, I am for all legal means and all legal ways. That way my butt is covered when I say that. But I cannot control what the American people's response will, this to, uh, will be. I can only control myself. Even if I agree with it, I disagree with it, I remain neutral, I can only control myself and my area of operations. If you decide to go out and do another January 6th style protest against your state capital, you can already assume the governments are waiting, they are willing to put their law enforcement into your backyard uh, to spy on you or to interrogate you or to intimidate you. And all these things are, I would say, is a, it's a big fear factor, and it's taking away the dangerous freedoms instead of peaceful slavery that Thomas Jefferson talked about. And every time something like this happens, it erodes the freedoms of Americans. It erodes our, uh, our wily nature and all the things that our forefathers stood for. And eventually, and I think this is 2022, there's going to be such an exodus of people from the Democratic Party, hopefully, uh, realizing what they did was a stupid idea in voting in all these Democrats, to include Joe Biden. And they're going to right their wrongs. They're going to vote for a completely right-wing government. That doesn't mean Republican or not. It could be you know, someone from the Green Party or someone who's, who's independent. But I think America is going to wake up, and they're going to strike back. And they're going to start – I would say you'd have to. You'd have to start protesting, shopping at all these big box uh, stores and going to the local mom-and-pop stores again. Uh, you know, and, and you know, we've talked about the thing with the kids before. It's very, it's very easy to threaten the American people with losing their children because of COVID or because of the need of you know, some sort of evacuation drill because of some sort of terror plot or terror incident. Uh, and you'll never have control of that if your kids are in school. So I strongly suggest to all those who have the ability to, to do that, if you don't want your kids indoctrinated into critical race theory, if you don't want your, your son to think that he's a girl or your, your daughter to think that she can be a boy, I would suggest pulling your kids out of schools because our schools are quickly becoming little criminal factories and I mean I've dealt with it enough on the streets to see 17, 18, 19 year old kids completely lose their mind and completely support communism this is something else to throw into the mix of things that we have to deal with uh, you know I know we're kind of all over the board on this tonight but these are these are a 
bunch of topics that have to be talked about. No, they do. They, they interrelate. Right Record, you're right. They interrelate with each other. Um, man, oh man, oh man. Uh, let, let's take our last break here because I, I don't want to interrupt the flow to the end here. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to remind you that uh, you really need to go with Noble Gold if you have assets to protect. I have. I went from advertiser to customer. And the bottom line is you cannot be in cash. Monthly expenses, yes. Anything else, no. Call them if you have assets to protect. You don't have to be wealthy, just assets to protect. 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. Also, ladies and gentlemen, very quickly here, I've stressed the importance of food. Now we hear the people in the ports like Port of LA are saying, hey, Chinese are locking down, we're not getting squatting. We've talked about all the ways you're not getting your food. You need to act now, and you need to get as much as you possibly can right now. So what do you do? You go to preparewithdave.com, take advantage of the sale that's there, and there's more information at the site. And one last thing, if you have food, you darn well better have water. If we have the best water filtration system around. The Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter publishes the results of studies comparing them to their competitors. And you can get that at waterwithdave.com, and while you're there, you're going to see a 40% off sale. Water with dave.com that's water with dave.com you got the food you got the water you got the protection of noble gold you're going to be able to survive hopefully to get through the other side unless you happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and that's what wrecker and i are talking about wrecker the fema camps i believe they're going to be foreign troop operated and this is why we're seeing things like nato taking over the the uh, norfolk shipping yard because I think there would be a lot of rebellion in the ranks to do this to Americans by American troops. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, this is a delicate thing, and we've talked about this, well, I think it was yesterday. Uh, I would not be surprised if today's generation of fighting men and women were influenced or brainwashed enough to be able to incarcerate, intimidate, break constitutional law and their sacred oaths to even to firing upon their own American citizens. Now, I don't say that as a whole. I don't say that as a majority, but there is enough of this of a dissent of our young men and women now in the armed forces, uh, enough who have infiltrated into our armed forces to make me really, really concerned. And, you know, that starts from the Pentagon and all its way down. Um, we got American patriots who are slowly being outnumbered by those who believe communism is a good thing. And, you know, a lot of it is within our officer regiments. Uh, a lot of it is within the, I don't know, I guess you would say the uh, commercializing of recruitment. I mean, look at some of these god-awful commercials that happen from the Army it's absolutely pathetic, and it's an embarrassment to watch that for all you Army dogs. I'm sorry. Uh, at least my Marine Corps hasn't done that yet. But, you know, these these things that we see right now, look at how delicate Americans have become. Look at how timid Americans have become, how quickly we've gone for each other. And just imagine if the lights turned out or if a big bomb went off somewhere or some sort of huge international incident happened that threw us into World War III, I mean, I, I don't see them, 
I don't see them being on our side for very long uh, just because of corrupt leadership. Now, for those of you who are listening to me and you're shaking your head and you're mad as hell that I'm saying this, I'm mad as hell that I'm saying this. Uh, because whenever I joined the Marine Corps, it was all about patriotism. It was all about fighting for our country and remembering 9-11. Those things have changed. This country has changed. Uh, the vast majority of MAGA country has not changed, but there's a large majority who are not very big on, on making America great again, who were the enemies of Trump, as they like to say, and who are in the military. We have experienced it. I have seen them. I have arrested them. I unfortunately know very well of what I'm talking about, and these are the same people who were in the crowds of Antifa wearing communist uh, garb. So I don't, I don't really know uh, how, to, how to put that over softly for you, but those are realities that we have to deal with. How many of these same people would sell out their own Americans? I don't know, but I would say that we would all be shocked. Now, there's something that I'd like to go over because – when you talk about theoretically, if you when you talk about what happens with FEMA camps, what happens with the breakdown of internal security within our own country, you don't have enough of a standing military to really influence every county, every city, and every state. So there'd have to be a new level of recruitment. There'd have to be a new line of, I guess you'd say, conscripted military. Uh, it would have to be locally. And it reminds me a lot of what the Roman legions had to do as they spread their influence throughout their part of the greater part of the world. Every hundred miles or so, they would set up a new fort, and they would take people from that area, conscript them into the military, and now they control that area. And they also were influenced directly from Rome through that pipeline or through that highway that they built. So if you would take that same old tactic and apply it to America today, that would be one of the surefire ways to be able to have a connection with the government, to be able to have as many military outposts as possible. And all you have to do is to have one small area out in the boondocks that gets attacked or gets overran, and then quickly you have government assets coming in and feeding those uh, troops that are there, and the product grows and grows and grows from being something locally to something regionally and the control of the government just starts to broaden now that's what we did in Iraq, that's what we did in Afghanistan, it worked it didn't work, it really depends on how much uh, military influence we have in that area Okay, and I'm going to go back to something you said earlier where you said you really couldn't talk about the details of the FEMA camps is there anything you can tell us that we haven't talked about? I would say that medical martial law hasn't been done before, but it doesn't mean that it can't be done. And we have a nation that is almost at the precipice to allowing it to happen in certain portions of certain states. Not every state not every city, but anywhere there's a huge Democratic footprint, I could see an internment camp there. I could see them on the border. Uh, if we don't lose the border by then, uh, I could easily see something like that along the border. Well, 
we have the ability in Arizona, Arizona, not Illinois, not California, Arizona, the governor is granted these authorities to incarcerate and declare an emergency on his own say so. The legislature granted him that authority in 2008. So, uh, yeah, it, we, it, it could happen here too. People wouldn't pick Arizona, but I'm telling you, it could happen. And most of our leadership in Arizona right now at the county and state levels compromised by either George Soros or China, one and the same. Um, so it's it's really, really ugly. Uh, we got about uh, two minutes left here, and I want to just give it to you for a second. Tell people what they need to be doing in that time and, and tell them what we can really, uh, we, what we really need to watch out for going forward. Well, first and foremost, get right with God. It's always a staple in any type of survival situation or for any moment of any day is to get right with your maker. Uh, whatever it is that you're doing that's bad, that's hurting you, that's hurting your family, you need to stop, you need to recenter yourself and you need to focus on your family. Uh, when it comes to any type of disruption within our economy or within our power flow, you need to only really worry about your area of operations, which is always as far as your gas tank can be filled. Now, I would say that it's never too late to build alliances within your own communities. It's never too late to have your bug out spots, to have your bug out bags, to have all that nifty stuff. But if you're not training, then you're not prepared. You can have all the coolest and latest and greatest gadgets and gear, but if you don't even know how to turn the stove on that you bought, the little propane stove, and cook some noodles in a cup, you're screwed. So you need to learn the most basic mechanics. You need to learn the most basic fundamentals of survivability. You need to make sure that you're also in a decent shape. Something that Americans are going to feel the pain of is walking. America, you're fat. You're fat, you're out of shape, and you're lazy, and it's disgusting to look at. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't put 30 pounds on your back from a backpack and walked a mile, you're, you're wrong if you, think you, if you think that you can survive in any of these type of scenarios because the most basic means of transportation is going to be by your feet. So that doesn't mean have the most Gucci-looking shoes or cowboy boots out there. You need to have a good pair of boots. You need to have a good pair of tennis shoes. You need to be able to have multiples of those because you're going to wear them down. Hell, whenever we were in Iraq, we were going through boots left and right. So, And that was, that was from, you know, 10 hours a day of walking, just walking. We were walking ourselves right out of our boots, and this was stuff made for the military. So even though that's always sometimes the, the worst the worst gear ever, yeah. but you need to make sure that you have your food, you have your water preparations. If you don't even know how to refill your water purification device or how to even uh, properly filter water, take one out and just try it. Exactly. It's not that expensive. And practice not that expensive. Take gun, it out. Yeah, gun range, uh, lifting weights. Wrecker, we're flat out of time. We got to scoot. Thank you so much for this most important uh, interview. Take care. Thank you, Dave.